Hello, it's Wednesday, and that means that you are listening to Spoiler Alert. Today, we decided to put our star-spangled hats on and talk about the movies of the good old U.S. of A. Now, Sonia, I know what you're going to say to me. That's there's two. There's not a lot there, right? There's yeah. so few fil- films. What will we talk about? But I think that we can pull it off. Okay. That was a solid joke. We can try. God. Are you really proud of your own joke, eh? That was a super good joke. Uh, so my name is Jeremy, and today I'm joined by Sonia, and uh, we're we're a man short here today. Uh, I think he's lost, and he just didn't make his way here. He's actually um, a conscientious objector oh, okay. to this episode. <laughs> of the America episode? <laughs> yeah. Um, it, today, in celebration of America's birthday, we're here looking at the films that defines what it means to be oh in the land of the free and the home of the brave. And for that, I have a spoiler for you. Did Tell you me. know, Sonia, that Forrest, the man on the bench, is the CEO of the Bubba Gump Shrimp Co.? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know that I know? It's, hey, Jeremy, guess what? I have a spoiler for you. Whoa. Spoiler alert. The lady host is not here to celebrate America's birthday. Whoa. Here we go. Okay. It's contentious. Well, that's... that's <laughs> bringing that's, those hot takes already. Let's, let's jump right in there, Sonia. Uh... Sonia, what do you do? You think there are any movies that remind you of a little thing we like to call the American Dream? Yeah, like there are probably a lot. Yeah. Um, one that I watched this week that made me think about the old fiction of the American Dream mm-hmm. was Rocky. Yeah. Balboa. And this is the first time you saw. It? First time I saw it. What did you think? Um, you know what? I liked it. Yeah. More than I was expecting to. Um, Stallone, he. He's really good. Yeah. He's really pretty. He he has it like, okay, I'm definitely not the first person to say this, but like, he was really giving me some Marlon Brando mm-hmm. in that there film. Yeah, well, that was, he had to make it or break it, right? Like, that was his, his big moment. His and oh my God. his facial expressions For and days. his line deliveries. Like, I just liked it a lot more than I was expecting to. <laughs> and I think Apollo Creed especially is mm-hmm. sort of this, like, figure. I think they maybe even make reference to it in the film. They're like, Apollo Creed, you're living the American dream. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, absolutely, yeah. Which, like, there's lots of complicated stuff there about, like, a black man assim- assimilating into capitalism mm-hmm. and, like, performing American dreaminess. Mm-hmm. But, um, well, they are athletes, right? Like, yeah. it's not like a wrestling sort of, I don't know what you call it. It's not, yeah, it's, you, you know, it's certainly not fake in the sense no. that within the story they're actually boxing. Right. However, they are totally fake <laughs> boxing. Right. But <laughs> what, it looks intense. Yeah. What did you think of the whole cut me scene? Uh, I didn't like it. No? No. Didn't it, like, didn't you just feel his conviction in that moment, though? Yeah, like, I admired his conviction and, mm-hmm. you know, desire to see it through. Mm-hmm. But I, on a visceral level, didn't You, you just didn't, didn't love like it. to see that? Didn't, you hate to see that. Oh, I don't know. I thought, it, I just always thought it was, like, such a, you know, such a baller move to, you know, you're so dedicated that you have this injury that's going to take you out. But instead... No, no, no. Just, you know, make it likely hundreds of times worse. Yeah, I was like, that's going to get infected for sure. Uh, I think, because it was for swelling, right? It wasn't Yeah, for, it was because yeah. his eye was like swollen shut. Yeah, so they're just like letting the blood out. Which America. Is, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so what, what movies? What, oh, sorry. Well, what about Rocky highlights the American dream for you? Well, I, there, I mean, there's a lot of stuff about like class and mm-hmm. financial struggle. And I mean, the whole thing is sort of like if you believe in yourself and work hard enough mm-hmm. um what go, you're gonna fly yeah is that the song gonna yeah. fly gonna fly now uh flying high now fl- i think gonna fly gonna fly yeah flying high now <laughs> training hard now i did like that part a lot um but yeah just sort of this idea that like s- the struggle mm-hmm. is noble mm-hmm. and you, you too could be Rich like Apollo Creed someday. Mm-hmm. Who also didn't know Lando was Apollo Creed. Oh yeah, no, so I got real excited. Oh man, that's a huge. He's, uh, you sh- he's you should a watch, fashionable man. You should maybe watch to Rocky Five. Yeah, because they like they, I've been told this. They keep running into one another, and Apollo Creed has an amazing story. One, well, I would like to watch the Michael B. Jordan. I haven't seen the sequels now. Yeah. So and uh, everyone says they're really great because they you know they recapture that. And then Stallone's supposed to kind of get out of the way, which I think is really cool. Smart. Yeah. Um, I kind of want to talk about Forrest Gump. Yeah, I would like to also. Because I love the idea that, you know, there's this guy who is really sort of, I don't know, 
he's not seeking out the American dream, but he's getting it. Yeah. Again and again and again. In and again. so many iterations. Yeah, and he just doesn't seem to care, which I think is kind of a really interesting twist on the whole thing. It is, yeah. Because, I don't know, it's it's always so much about, like, work and, you know, like, rising. Drive, and, struggle. Yeah, and yeah. eventually you can make it. And Force just kind of floats, yeah, like <laughs> floats he's, on through. He's just trying to find Jenny. <laughs> Live his life. God. He literally, like, runs away from everything Yeah. Well, at he, one point. How long does he run for? Like, a I, month? I think, months? like, I think it's months. Like, yeah. I think it's, like, almost a year, isn't it? If maybe. I just felt like running. <laughs> <laughs> Is it inappropriate to make fun of, Fer- of Ferris? Yeah. Forrest Gump? Like, Given what we know now, no, I'm cel- I'm celebrating Forrest. Yeah, I yeah. celebrate Forrest. Also, I just yeah. had a moment where I was like, I don't want li- the listeners to think that. Yeah, no, I'm not. Making we're mocking fun of Forrest. Him. We love him. No, he like it, watching this movie. He goes on to be president. You Actually, know, in you Forrest know Gump too, that's what's coming. <laughs> this might be the most American movie. In it many it ways. may be. Well, it's it's like an anthology. It really is, and it's almost like a pastiche, I guess, or like a hitchhiker's guide. Yeah, of like this dude's weird life. Yeah, and you all know. these like hi- the highlight reel of the 20th century. Yeah, not to mention like all of the really horrible things that happened not only to him, not only to his wife or love interest, but his mom and his friends. Mm-hmm. And you know, like in the end, he comes out of it pretty okay with a little Haley Joel Osment. That's his kid's name, right? Yeah, yeah. But oh, he's uh, so cute, little Forrest. Yeah, no, it's true. Yeah, when they both got their heads like i'm tilting right now yeah it's really cute yeah no it's a great moment and uh you know jenny's life was so rough and sad (laughs) i know yeah did she do you think it's is it hiv that she i think so yeah right like that's a suggestion yeah well it's it goes unsaid right right but i think that it's to be expected that you know forrest is part of these huge sort of waves of american things that occur that you know it makes sense that she would also be because she is we just don't see her we mostly just see the disco part and the hippie part right but uh i think that's the implication right is that you know he's off doing these things and she's but uh i was just sort of boning up on my forest camp and i kind of totally forgot about the ping pong oh yeah that's a huge part you know and it's just it's just such a strange sort of like Okay, well, then he'll be a ping pong champion. Like, let's just out of the army into, you know, the Olympic level ping pong playing. Right. <laughs> Which is, uh, you know, and is the lesson there that, like, the less you care, the more you'll do? Like, is that, yeah, like, is that where Forrest is at? Yeah, he's very, like, it's like a very zen thing mm-hmm. that he just lets it happen. Yeah. Anyway. And goes with the flow. But yeah, that also that was like one of my favorite movies as a kid, which mm-hmm. is kind of funny given how dark and hard. Yeah, to no, watch there's, parts of it there's are. a lot going on there. Did you know that all the ping pong balls are fake? No. Yeah, it's all digital. Maybe I did know that. Yeah, because they, they like they could not play ping pong at that level, so right. they had to fake it. They had to practice with no ball, and then they added the ball after. Wow. Yeah, and all the helicopters were fake. I learned that. Is that real? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought that was a joke. No, all the helicopters were fake. They didn't have one, huh. and all the Vietnam sets were like right by where the house was in really? Pennsylvania. Yeah. They just dressed it up to look like and then digitally added stuff in. Wow. Yeah. And it lo- I don't know. It looks so real. It really and does. Just like, re- wow. That's oh like maybe one of the first movies I ever saw that depicted Vietnam. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think so. What's that? <laughs> depicted it with, you know, such class and grace yeah. as compared to some other, some other movies. All right. Well, so just to... We kind of dove in there, but just so our listeners know, we're going to be talking about various types of uh, American movies uh, on Regina Community Radio 91.3 FM CJTR. Now, we should make the distinction here that because most movies are American movies, that's not what we're talking about. No. We're talking about movies that really exude America. America. Yeah. Heck yeah. I forgot to put that on the list. All right, Oh, that's one. Political films. What's 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 a notable one for you? Uh, Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Oh, nice! Which I really wanted to watch this week, but every time I tried, mm-hmm. uh, the person I was watching films with was like, "Can we not?" Like, did you start it and stop? No, I was like, "Should we probably watch Mr. Smith?" <laughs> and then, no, it was a no go. Uh, Jimmy Stewart, I guess, doesn't do it for everybody, but oh, God, I mean that crazy. one. I like the sort of depiction of political 
cronyism and corruptness. Mm-hmm. Um, corrupt, corruption, I guess, is the word. I Cor- corruption, to, corruptness, corruptness, corruptnessality, <laughs> um, and sort of the like contrast of his sheer, like, innocence, earnestness. Mm-hmm. That like just the sort of, I feel like it's this. He he's a very like all American depiction of a certain type of small town person, mm-hmm. and then it's sort of contrasted with this like darker look at American political goings on. But it always like th- this is actually a good example because it always sort of has this theme of effort being rewarded, yeah, and like in a lot of cases physical prowess you're not wrong right and i i do wonder because in the end he kind of wins right like that's oh yeah he went yeah so you know the system goes on but it is interesting how there's always sort of this i don't know there's always sort of an other and it often takes the role of another american someone yeah because all of the the whole thing is in in mr smith goes to washington it's infighting within the own government, right? Like, that's the... And, uh, yeah, I wonder... Well, he looks so exhausted at the end of that filibuster. Well, I mean, a filibuster will get you. And also, what's more American than a filibuster? I literally have no idea. Apple pie? (laughs) I guess. Um, I wanted to talk about Citizen Kane. Okay. Because we have not talked about it, and I felt that it was appropriate. I still haven't watched it. Oh, dang. I did move it out of my American dream Mm. thing. Because he's well, isn't he rich from the beginning? Uh, he no. Oh, okay. Yes and no. Okay. He is a boy, and then he gets adopted, and then he's rich. Mm. But uh, you know, it's just this idea of the sort of like life in I don't know. Again, the American dream comes up again, and it's hard to sort of avoid it. But there's always this depiction of it being really problematic. Because we all know, spoiler alert, that the whole end of Citizen Kane is that he was just happiest when he was a, a simple boy playing with his sled, right? Like, that's the... Whoa. Whole, I said spoiler alert. That's, yeah, that's the whole... That's basically what... <laughs> that might have actually been our OG spoiler, if I'm not I mistaken. I think so, yeah, I think it was. But um, it's not a happy movie. No. Right? It's, a, it's, it's about failure and success. And, you know, he runs for president and does not get it. And he's sad for a while, and the world sort of looms over him, but he goes on to make money anyway because capitalism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, there really is this sort of tendency to sh- show the American dream as not a negative, mm. but really not a good thing, at least for a while. Right? Rocky right. is poor for a while before he's... And he loses his fight. Spoiler. He ties. Right. Come on. He loses. Okay, but Rocky, who's like there's not a, professional. Yeah, there's a rematch in later films. Well, I, saying, I gather yeah, that that might that. happen. Um, him, like him tying against Apollo Creed, that is a win. Yeah. Well, it's. I mean, know. it's not a win. Right. It's a win. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think there is like there's definitely I feel the question of the American dream is one that filmmakers have struggled with mm-hmm. and grappled with throughout because it is both the thing that is probably the most fetishized, I might say, mm-hmm. in American film and also constantly criticized. Yeah. And critiqued well, and I would I would argue and I have talked about this with a few people that right now the president of the US and this is a little bit of an aside uh, D. Trump is sort of the epitome of this American dream, and I think that's kind of what it looks like. Like it's not pretty, yeah. right? Like it's, but he's a guy who. But he's never. But he, I mean, he would have you believe. Okay, now we're a politics podcast. Yeah, yeah. He would have you believe that he struggled, but like, sorry, if you get started with your daddy's millions, like that doesn't count as the American dream, right? But I think the real American dream is just a guy. Because the goal is always to be the president of the United States. Is it? I think so. Like, that seems to be the the, the finish line for most things. I think it's things. to be wildly wealthy. Maybe. I don't... But, you know, it's it's always sort of fighting up to get, you know, whatever social hierarchy yeah, level sure, up. Sure. And he's done it. You know, I think, I think the real-life American dream has no hair and an orange face. I honestly no, think... No, I think you're right. In that, like, as insofar as there is... That it's anything. Yeah. Because I kind of think it's just a fiction yeah. more than anything. It was just, you know, a thing that they sold people to get them to 
do all these horrible things. Right. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Let's not talk about Donald anymore. It's Let's depressing. not. Sonia, a lot of these movies deal with one thing all Americans love, uh-huh. and that's money. Oh, they do, don't yeah. they? What's your favorite uh, money film about America? Well, one, okay, actually, well, we're back to the American dream for a second. There we go. Second. I think that is probably the title of this episode. Uh, trading trying Places. Not, trying not to talk about the American dream. <laughs> trading, trading Places is one Absolutely. Um, that I really like because of the contrast between money, no money. Mm-hmm. Mo money, mo problems, <laughs> perhaps. Um, so that's, I mean, we've talked about that movie before. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's one of my favorite movies about money. Oh, absolutely. For sure. Yeah. What's yours? Uh, well, I've got a little list here. Shocking. But I want to talk about The Secret of My Success, which is, uh, it's a great it's a great little 80s movie starring Michael J. Fox. Oh, I think I'm I've talked interested. about it on the show before. But he um, he gets he, he gets a job in the mailroom of his uncle's big New York company, mm-hmm. and he starts faking being this other executive. And his uncle doesn't even recognize him when he's, like, wearing a suit and tie. And they see each other a few times, like not dressed up or dressed up and there's all these sort of great moments that happen such as him getting dressed in the elevator because he's got to change every time he goes up and down oh, he still has to deliver delightful. the mail right and uh one time the elevator gets like he always like stops it and the alarm goes off and everything and uh one time they like figure out how to get it open and he's like in the nude so he just flexes as the door opens and <laughs> the door just closes and all of his like coworkers are watching him wow um but it, you know it's about love and like him trying to rise up through the ranks and eventually spoiler alert he like winds up running this whole company in a hostile takeover from his uncle because he may or may not have slept with his aunt <laughs> but, wow, uh, wow 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 yeah, it's uh, wait is his uncle's his blood relation, yeah, right? yeah, okay. it's 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 on the level, but uh, anyway, you know, it's just this crazy movie about like how quickly you can rise through the American corporate structure by lying, which is as we know, quickly. Yeah, like that's uh, most most CEOs in America are sociopaths. <laughs> but uh, no, it's this great little movie. Everyone should watch it, and uh, you know, it's just about like. You know, the sort of love of money and the 80s, I don't know what you call that, businessman, idealistic figure goal, you know? Yeah. There was this, in the 80s, there was this sort of power suit. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know, yeah. Is that, okay, is it, what's that movie where, um, uh uh-oh, I can't think of his name. Baldwin. Alec Baldwin. (laughs) Like, Gives a speech about closing a sale. Is Glenn that Glenn Gary Glenn yeah, Ross? Yeah, it's like him in that. Well, except significantly less aggressive, but yeah, 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 yeah. But like that, like that image of him. Yeah, absolutely. And Power that's, suit business guy. Yeah. Oh, that's completely true. Except Wolf of Wall Street style. Yeah. Yes. Well, that also very true. Also on my list. Yeah. Um, I also want to talk about Wall Street, not to be confused with the Wolf of Wall Street. No. Which is a young Charlie Sheen and. Michael Douglas, mm-hmm. sort of, I don't know. Again, I don't think they lie as much as they do eventually lie, but it's about these two stock traders in the 80s and, you know, all the cocaine and fancy meals. And it's just kind of this really weird, especially watching it now. The cell phones really got me. Yeah. Cause I watched it this week and it's just like, <laughs> man, you know, like, and the idea of, you know, not being able to leave your office because you're so busy with work. Because, you know, you've got to be there to make that stock trade on your, I don't know, 1985 computer with the green text. <laughs> like, Hilarious. it's just, I don't know, it's, it's almost out of this world. I haven't seen Wall Street. No? I, like, a lot of movies about capitalism make me really tired and sad. Oh. So I I avoid them. Well, that's, I think that's kind of fair. You know, in this late capitalism world where we're seeing how it all pans mm-hmm. out. Um, I also want to talk about The Big Short, which Oh, yeah, seen. which is good. Right. See, that one I like. I like a good criticism film. Well, that's my point. Because not... Well, I don't know. A lot of these movies depict money as a good thing. Mm -hmm. And then in the movie that finally depicts it as a bad thing, they also make a lot lot of money. Yeah. Right? Like, it's it's all about the sort of big business hustle that these guys were able to pull off, which was incredible and incredibly confusing. Because, good Lord. But, uh, you know, the presentation in The Big Short is just the best like it is the aesthetic yeah yeah it's super good 
And uh, you got to love a movie that just stops and it gets another actor to explain a thing to you. Yeah. <laughs> like, totally out of the blue. Anyway, moving right along. Uh-huh. Um, Sonia, what's your favorite American historical film? The one that really exudes America? Uh, like, okay. Mm-hmm. Exude... That's... Hmm. Mm-hmm. I got one for you. Yeah, you say one. Okay. I'm thinking. Uh, there Will Be Blood. Okay, yeah, is yeah. Is such a unique... I, By the way, like, sidebar, I had to leave all Westerns off of this list. Oh, yeah. Just because I made the joke that there was nothing to find. This is the longest list of show things I've ever had. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know. The depiction of those men in that movie, There Will Be Blood, it's just so... I don't know. Like... It's, again, all of them sort of fighting over this oil mm-hmm. and money and power, and they all hate themselves, and once they get it, they just kind of hate themselves more, and horrible things happen, and they don't really seem to care. Like, I, I always wonder if that's just how these people lived, you know, in the early, uh, that would have been like 1920 or something. Uh, I would say like late 1800s, Was probably. it? I'm looking it up. Maybe like turn of the 20th century. Um, part of the reason I didn't have an answer for you is that mm-hmm. like, well, American history, I don't think has been depicted on film in a super, in a super satisfying way to me mm-hmm. uh, until quite recently. Like, un- like with the exception of, I, well, I don't know. I'm not putting my thoughts together. Well, mm. basically, anything that tells the truth is really depressing. <laughs> and I don't want to say it's my favorite. And things that, you know, things like Gone with the Wind that mm-hmm. are sort of like old favorites mm-hmm. are problematic. So, like, I don't know. I guess, like, Malcolm X, American History X, like, Selma, like, 12 mm-hmm. Years a Slave. I don't know. Like... I like I, I admire films that do the work of telling difficult stories about history, mm-hmm. but also calling them my favorite feels difficult. Oh, interesting! Like you appreciate what Twelve Years a Slave is, but is in a movie you would select to watch, it might not be one of. Yeah, them. like I'm not here being like, oh, American History X is one of my favorite movies. <laughs> But, like, it is one that had a big impact on mm-hmm. my thinking about white supremacy, mm-hmm. modern white supremacy. Sure. And, like, that's one that I think I go back to a lot in terms mm-hmm. of s- certain things that I think about. So, like, that one probably is mm-hmm. up there. Yeah. But then, yeah, like, Gone with the Wind is a longtime favorite of mine, despite or, in, like, in acknowledgement of its many problems. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. To answer my own question. Yeah, answer your own question. Well, There Will Be Blood was from 1898 to 1927. Wow, so like we were both right. We were both right. That does not happen. Cute of us. Booth five. Boom. Um, (laughs) I want to talk about JFK. Okay, yeah. Uh, It's on Netflix right now, so if you have not seen it, you can absolutely watch it. And uh, it kind of, it's Oliver Stone. Oliver Stone comes up on this list a lot. Right, right. And it kind of just encompasses the sort of feeling i think of how these people felt after what we'll call the incident of Mm. or the assassination i guess of jfk but uh the sort of i don't know kevin costner plays the fbi agent involved in investigating it and they were the bodyguard just no he not that not that time oh i see yeah but uh yeah they were just nuts over this right like this well yeah this kept people up like it was their 9-11. Oh, my God. It was maybe, well, I was going to say maybe worse, but that's not true. No. Um, Decidedly not. Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> there's, a ma- like, there's a mathematical reason there. But uh, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. It's just, I don't know. Oliver Stone has such a way of, like, capturing this American feeling that I'm sort of yeah. alluding to but can't name. And uh, he just spreads it all over the place in JFK and in all of his other films. And I wonder if, well, he clearly loves America. Yeah. But he does sort of highlight the non-functioning parts of it in, like, when people are so American that they kind of get sick, you know? Yeah. Kevin Costner's just, like, 
all encompassed in solving this mystery that he can't really solve. And, uh, yeah, it's just, I don't know, it's the strangest thing. And now, well, in the modern times, all these files that we have access to for mm. JFK. Did you know that? Yeah, because yeah. it's been enough time, right? Yeah. Have you read any of these? No. Okay. Neither. <laughs> like, I feel that I either am in my current state where I, you know, don't know that much about what, mm-hmm. day, what September 3rd or whatever it was. Yeah, I don't even know. Yeah. I only know that because of that book Stephen King wrote. Oh. Um, but... I feel like I can only be where I am now where I don't really know anything or fully upset. <laughs> like, I think if I start to get interested, like all of the I'm things not coming the back. Wall, yeah, like exactly. Full string wall. A jelly head made to show the impact. <laughs> <Ballistics> <laughs> well, on that note, I think, I think we'll take a break in here. Uh, you're listening to Spoiler Alert on 91.3 FM CJTR, Regina Community Radio. We'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to Spoiler Alert on 91.3 FM CJTR. Regina Community Radio. Uh, we're talking about movies about uh, America today. America, and a, heck yeah. And Americanness. Very well, very well done, Sonia. Thank you. Uh, but first of all, uh, Sonia, do you are, do you know uh, what time it is? Um, it's like six days after Independence Day. Oh yeah, that's uh, it. It's actually game time. <gasps> boo, 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 boo. <laughs> Just kidding. I don't wow. know how much of that we can legally. I think that's probably about, is it about, about the right amount. For those who don't know, or if you're just tuning in, the game is where I spend literally all week, in this case, sifting through hundreds of movies that, that Sonia and Sean, who's usually here, have not seen. I tell them the title of the movie, they tell me what they think it's about, and I tell them what it's really about, and we all have a good laugh. Today, Sonia will be answering for herself and for Sean. Oh, boy. <laughs> Sorry, Sean. I'm going to do a worse job than you would do. <laughs> This week's title is, of course, Born on the Fourth of July. Now, Sonia, you yeah. get two cracks at this. Yeah. And I think that it's only fair that after you get to pick which one's Sean's. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's fun. Okay. So I think that Born on the Fourth of July, mm-hmm. uh, first of all, is um, sort of in the style of boyhood. It's about a young woman named America who's born on the 4th of July. And she basically, it's like her whole life. And the things that happen to her parallel and are like commentary on pieces of American history, different pieces of American history. Whoa. Yeah. It's like a, it's like an allegory, I guess, is what that would be. Um, And I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. It's dramatic. (laughs) A lot of stuff happens. Okay, all right. So this, that's your second your second pitch for fourth of, born on Fourth of July. Okay, I think born on the Fourth of July. <laughs> oh, I really don't have to. Um, well, then this one might be Sean's. <laughs> about, um, it's about a country mm-hmm. that's not America. Oh, um, that's discovered mm-hmm. surprisingly. Oh, nice on the Fourth of July. <gasps> uh, like they discover that there's this island that no one knew was there mm-hmm. and it's a highly developed civilization oh a small community but highly advanced like a wakanda situation yeah a bit okay. of a wakanda situation nice um and uh i think it's uh, it's an american explorer who finds them mm-hmm. and it's about him reflecting on his americanness in relationship to this other whoa nation. the new new world yeah wow sonia Okay, which that second one was Sean's guess? Yeah. Okay, Sean, you were... I'm sorry to tell you, you're way off. Like, way off, Sean. Um, Sonia, <laughs> sorry, Sean. you were surprisingly close. <gasps> so I'm going to give you a point five today. Wow. Yeah. I, I think that means I have a whole point now. I think so, wow. I, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so Born on the Fourth of July is a 1989 biographical war drama based on the book of the same name by Ron Kovac, directed by Oliver Stone. And uh, it basically uh is about a young man played by tom cruise he plays the uh he plays ron kovac it's his you know autobiography right and uh it's basically about him being a young man joining the marines going to vietnam uh losing his ability to walk and then coming home and uh really just getting upset at the lack of support for veterans um, luckily that's a problem that's been entirely solved yeah it's totally so solved. not a problem anymore here in canada either yeah but uh well, it was a problem in 1989, so it's still, it still is. It's still I, going on. I yeah. was being a jerk. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, 
actually a really great performance by a young Tom Cruise. Interesting. Who they age really horribly. Oh yeah. yeah but he eighty nine. You said. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, that's a bad. That's a bad time for age prosthetics. Yeah. In film. Uh, I'm going to try and get Sonya's uh, oh, no. reaction to a photo of of this. Wait. But, so is he born on the fourth of July? Yeah, and as was. Um, the actual guy, like Ron the, the, the per- yeah, and uh, so that's what he looks like. Oh, I've actually okay. Wait, maybe I have seen. You've probably seen this image before, at least if not anything else. Okay. Um. Yeah, I yeah, have. I just yeah showed Sonya the later years of uh, oh boy of character character real man. It sort of looks like his character from Tropic Thunder. It kind of does. <laughs> Uh, the game is, of course, brought to you by the best theater in town, the RPL Film Theater. We love it. Yeah, we like to go there to watch stuff and uh, chillax. It's located in the center of the city, which is a great location for to watch things. Yes. Yeah, and it's below a library. What more could you want? Oh, my goodness. All um, the things I love in one building. Thing. Anyway, Sonia, let's keep talking about these American movies by jumping into another thing that Americans love a whole lot. What is it? War. They love oh. the, They love the war. They love the war movies. It's kind of their whole deal. Sonia, what do you got to say about this? Well, I don't like war, Mm -hmm. which I know is controversial. Well, you watched a particular film. I did. That depicts war in a... I I think, actually, it does a good job. I think so, yeah. I rewatched Saving Private Ryan this week because... Mm -hmm. I think it ticks a lot of these American boxes. Absolutely, 100%. Oh, it's patriotic. Mm-hmm. It's Dang real it. sort of saccharine about the war. Mm-hmm. Like it's n- not, which is not to say that war is not a terrible and important mm-hmm. and heavy thing that we should take seriously. And I like that it does have that reverence. But like, <laughs> there's that first scene where like old Matt Damon mm-hmm. starts to break down next to, spoiler alert, Tom Hanks' grave. Mm-hmm. And then it like, starts playing i think it starts playing the star spangled banner and then you see the flag and then it like wipes from the flag to normandy is that what happens i think so at the very least there is a patriotic song and a flag right at the beginning yeah there is because that i rolled my eyes and i was like i think there's a flag at the beginning yeah yeah there's a lot of flags yeah um that's an american movie what do you want but i do think that spielberg did a good job of depicting just like truly how horrific mm-hmm. parts of the, the war were well i think there's a lot of movies about war that are kind of just set in the war yeah and then stuff happens which this is right it's, yeah it's about a particular mission a particular set of people doing something that they don't really want to do which is of course save forever ryan but uh the war's ever-presentness in mm, this film mm-hmm. it's just there and i think it's kind of the same attitude is schindler's list like i think he kind of worked it the same way um in schindler's list it was a lot more sort of i don't know dreadful Mm. and in saving private ryan it was like something to overcome that they could never overcome right right and yeah as they as they progress and lose people which is it's horrible right like each death is sort of really traumatic and hard Mm -hmm. the question is always is it worth right. this one guy? Yeah. And, uh, you know, discovering that answer, I think, is probably the best the best part of th- that whole thing. And, like, the... And that question also then sort of being mapped onto the war more broadly of, like, mm-hmm. what, what, what of this is worth what? Mm-hmm. You know? Like, that question of that give and take and sort of the way that they are carrying out this task. And there's sort of this, like, bureaucracy behind it like oh uh, the higher-ups decided this and now we're just doing it even though we don't agree with it like mm-hmm. i thought that that was interesting yeah i mean it's real infatuated with the glory of war still yes. a little more than i like to see uh do but you, do you think it was glorious though well no i think it that's the thing is it it tampers it it tempers it yeah yeah, well, that that's certainly true. Because there are moments of that where you're like, okay, I'm rolling my eyes at this flag. Mm-hmm. I'm rolling my eyes at the flag. That's yeah. anti-American if ever I heard it. <laughs> but then where you're like, oh, okay, it's been twisted. Like, mm-hmm. it's yeah. been questioned. And uh, I want to bring up an- another movie I watched this week. So this is a great segue, mm-hmm. which is Patton. I've never uh, seen um, So George C. Scott, I really think this was their shot at like beating Citizen Kane. Mm. And it's about General Patton in World War II fighting Ronald in the desert which was like a tank horrible battle 
but it is so disconnected mm. from because he's always just planning. And there's a few scenes where like the war gets too close and they have to run away, but it's really like a politically charged mm -hmm. like what you know what's he going to do what's he going to do and they show them fighting but not in it it's all sort of through the lens of like what a general would actually see yeah and it's very glorious right mm -hmm. it's very much this chess game that these two men are playing really with other human beings right right and uh you know he has successes and failures and everything but uh it really there's a few parts that like kind of try and zoom in and capture a lot of sort of what it was like for the individuals there. Yeah. But really, it's sort of about like there's literally the very famous shot of Patton standing in front of the ginormous American flag. Yeah. And like that's what this movie is about. Did you sorry? Did you say who made this? Uh, I did not. I can't find out. Okay. I do not remember. It's gonna be it's gonna be Oliver Stone. No. <laughs> <laughs> Oliver Stone as a baby. Uh, it is directed by, oh my god, no, see, it's, it's brought up all this stuff about Patton, actually. The human. <laughs> the actual, General the actual Patton. Patton man. Um, yeah, no, it is a three hour. Oof. Um. Wait, did you say you watched it? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I did not, I, I can rarely, spoiler alert, I can rarely watch, uh, <laughs> I can rarely watch a movie in one go, just because of the way my life works. Right. But in chunks, I can handle. Well, yeah. yeah I just turned just it like watching TV. Yeah, so. <laughs> but uh, was directed by Franklin e Franklin J. Schaff Schaffner. Oh, my but, fave. But uh, Francis Ford Coppola was in on the screenplay. Okay. Anyway, um, yeah, I just think the depiction of war between the two, and I think a part of that is just what, you know, what movies could actually do, right? Like, it's hard to get a camera in 1970 somewhere, whereas yeah. in... Whatever. You, what what year was Saving Private Ryan? Nineties. I want to say like ninety five. Yeah. Six, anyway, it, you know, it got much easier, right? So, yeah. Um. All right, Sonia. Let's let's bebop along to my next category here. You don't want to talk about war anymore? Uh, I mean, we could, but you know how I love um, it. What do you think about propaganda films? Well, and, and I mean something specific when I say this, mm. because there's there's outright propaganda films, and then there's films that are. About things, but they're also just propaganda. Mm. Um, in this category, I'm going to put Zero Dark Thirty. Yep. Uh, United Ninety Three. Sure. And American Sniper. Oh, I was going to say American yeah. Sniper. Um, what are your thoughts on this? Is this I mean, okay? I, like, is what? Like, is this just a celebration of people, or is this something else? No, it's not. It mm -hmm. is something else. I mean, I think I'm I'm a cynical lefty, so. Mm -hmm. Of course, I'm gonna say this, but um, <laughs> but I think it to me there's something so sinister about taking the struggle of people who fought in wars mm -hmm. and turning it into this like rallying cry mm -hmm. for American exceptionalism and cor American correctness. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean it, it it's icky. Like that's yeah. sort of the my most basic reaction is like Yeah, depict like condensing down something as complex as the many wars America mm -hmm. has been involved in in the Middle East to this one exceptional shooter and his glory. Like I know I haven't seen American Sniper, so oh, no. I know that it's more complicated than yes. I probably think yeah, it is. Yeah, no, it, yeah, there's there's a lot going on there. But yeah, that's so. It just, it well, just is so blanket. I don't know. Yeah, well, it's much more about, um, you know, it's 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 much more about the individual. But I do think this thing exists because even in non-military, so coming out in, uh, when did this come out? I don't know if you ever saw the current war, which was uh, about. Um, Edison and power and light bulbs and everything. Oh no! But um, it's yeah, Michael Shannon, uh, oh, Benedict Cumberbatch, lots of people, lots of great. But again, it's about sort of portraying these. I don't know, not folk heroes, but heroes of sort of you know the American way and mm, how American they, innovation. You know, and how they had to fight and like over like it was a battle for them, and you know, are these movies sort of telling an interesting story? Or are they just, you know, 
celebrating Americanness and trying to like embed that in others. I think right. the latter. Like I think they re they they continue and deepen this sense that I think a lot of Americans have of American righteousness and exceptionalism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I don't like. Well, speaking of uh, righteousness and exceptionalism, <laughs> good one. Uh, we we have to touch on a little thing that we don't understand no. as Canadians called Americana. I don't. I don't think I know what it is. It's it's well from Wikipedia. <laughs> Tell me. It's basically anything that sort of helps form this American identity. Yeah. In, and it can be anything. Like a wardrobe could be a piece of Americana. Yeah, and you know it's it's sort of a, a thing that just represents this history of what it means to be American. But on Wikipedia, there is uh-huh. a, a list of films that are American. Okay, tell me. Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Gone with the Wind. Uh-huh. It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, yeah. Giant. The Music Man. Oh. Easy Rider. And Nashville. That's it? That, that's, or that's, that's like... That's what's on the list. It doesn't say, like, load more or anything. Yeah. And it kind of doesn't say examples Weird. of. But this is this is... These are the movies that they selected. Like, these are the ones that... Mm-hmm. And I think Easy Rider is such an interesting choice because for the, I don't know, for the American identity, we'll call it, there are so many differences. And, like, you know, even if you think of, like, the 60s where you have, like, hippies mm-hmm. as one camp, but then the other being, you know, these b- businessmen or, you know, yeah. squares or whatever. Yeah. Like, there's always two juxtaposing forces. Yeah. And I think it's weird that they kind of celebrate that now, right? Mm-hmm. You know, there's always, like, this other, and sometimes it's them, and, you know, in the Cold War, it wasn't, right? Right. And, you know, in hindsight, they're sort of celebrating both sides of the coin, in this whole Americana thing, and kind then you of. end up with a list with Easy Rider, Easy Rider, and The Wizard of Oz on it. Yeah, like that's and you, you know, like it's just so strange. Like how you know, like those two things and others are key in forming an American identity, apparently. But it's kind of this like fictionalized. Well, I mean, by definition, yeah. it's fictionalized. Yeah. But like, re, it's like this looking backwards, like reimagining of what those things were and mm-hmm. meant and like like i mean it's kind of we have this image of like 60s hippie mm-hmm. free love culture but actually there's this whole other dark underside to that in terms of like the way that free love was experienced differently between different genders mm-hmm. or you know sort of like manson adjacent like yeah. that kind of dark side so it's like always these like um, I feel like often Americana has this like sanitized element. Maybe yeah. It's like become cute and yeah. quaint. Or like I think kitsch might be an important kitsch. Like yeah. f- it's kind of folksy. Yeah. I don't also, know. a lot of those movies have like farms in them, <laughs> or like small town America. So that's part of it, I guess. Mm. Like Music Man is all small town. Yeah. No, that's that's totally true. Interesting. Yeah. Easy Rider, I think, is the one that I'm it's the throws, most confused. It just confused. throws me off, and I un, like I understand. I understand Baby why. Boomers. But uh, you know, it's just gosh. Um, all right. Well, we're almost out of time, but I do want to talk about uh, you know movies that are against this establishment, much that Born on the Fourth of July is. Mm. But I don't think we could do this episode without talking about Fahrenheit nine eleven, mm. um, which obviously is sort of a uh, essay by Michael Moore, uh, you know, given, I don't know, in rage of George Bush. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I can't fathom what that man is doing right now. Like, his nose must bleed 24 oh, hours right, a day. Oh, right, because it's like, occurred. oh, Bush is cute now. Yeah, well, basically, you know. Remember at the inauguration when everyone was memeing him? And we, were, I was like, oh, we've forgotten that he's a war criminal. Okay. <laughs> All right, by this? comparison. I, I guess you know the bar got moved, right? Yeah, Basically, right. That's what like happened. you think about the rage those felt around the se- like the second Gulf War and like those mm-hmm. the Bush years, like just and it's nothing in comparison in a way. No, nope. yeah, it's 
anyway, you Michael Moore, he's a big piece of this, honestly, <laughs> in terms of anti establishment. Like he's written a lot of different essays. Yeah. In criticism. Also guns. We didn't really talk about guns. No, we didn't talk all. about guns at all. We're gonna have to do we're a gun episode. To, oh god, that's upsetting. Anyway. All right. Well, I think we've exhausted <laughs> what and we And we've gotten where we could. What we can suss out. Tune in for America. America round two in a few months once we can once we can charge up and get Sean in here to really give us maybe a after Trump isn't president anymore <laughs> we'll it'll re- be less we'll exhausting. Um, I think we're almost out of time, so we'll move into a little segment called "What You Watching." What you watching? What are you watching? Well, I started watching the new season of Stranger Things mm-hmm. naturally, and I'm pretty into it. Yeah, um, I've I'm watched a bit yet. of it as well, and it. Uh, I've watched exactly one episode, mm-hmm. and I will finish it in the near future. Yeah, I was trying not to watch it on one weekend, mm. um, and also trying to parcel in some American movies. Oh, yeah. I forgot to say, I also watched Rumble in the Bronx, <laughs> which is very funny. <laughs> but I wanted to get a, a film about you know an immigration experience in there, but. Anyway, that's yeah, <laughs> not secular. Yeah. Uh, and I also went to see, uh, with friends of the show, uh, James Brotheridge and uh, John Cameron, a little film called Midsommar, ah, Ari Aster's follow-up to Hereditary. I, I honestly still don't know how I feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was viscerally very upsetting in many ways, and in, in many of the same ways as uh, Hereditary was, Yeah. Um, in terms of, like, stuff getting smushed and mm-hmm. opened and oof um i also had moments of like being really taken with just like my infatuation with twee swedish and like folk culture because <laughs> <laughs> most of the film takes place on this like tiny commune in sweden mm-hmm. um like i think okay i think it was my friend john who said after the film that it was almost like if wes anderson made a horror movie <laughs> because it was so specific in certain things um yeah some like a really amazing performance um by the lead whose name i wrote down and now i don't have in front of me mm-hmm. um florence Pugh. wow i just pulled that out of my brain neat as uh danny um he seems Ari Aster seems to be very infatuated with like a really talented actress in a lead role, like losing her mind throughout mm-hmm. the film, like fully having a breakdown. Yeah. Uh, but she did it amazing. Yeah, it was a. W- did I, you enjoy it? No. Okay. <laughs> well. Like it was a good movie, but you you didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Because well, I think it's fine to say that, you know, like. Obviously, walking out of that movie, it's not going to make you happy. Right. Right? Like, that's that's not what you're walking in for. But you, I think you can still say it's a good a good movie and, like, admit you had a bad time. Yeah. Like, I had a kind of... Well, actually, I, and I had a kind of good time for parts of it. Like, mm-hmm. I found it stimulating. It also was, like, two and a half, over two and a half hours oh, long. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. Um, which I sort of didn't notice. But it also has this element of, like really uh, of like psychedelic because there are psychedelics involved mm. and it's sort of like trippy nature so you, it's very disorienting is it modern uh yeah okay um but also there were i had some quibbles i think mm-hmm. but it's been quite re- well reviewed so i find that interesting anyway mm. i need you to see it so that we can talk about yeah, it yeah absolutely um Wife of the Show and I are watching a little... We are not done. It is a lot to watch. But we are working our way through The Handmaid's Tale. Ooh. Uh, which is pretty good. I Fun to watch, I'm sure. Uh, it it kind of fills me with rage. Yeah. Like, like, that's kind of the overarching... And really, it's just like, why don't any of these people do something? Like, everyone is unhappy. No one in, like... In this like in this show, no one is having a good time. Yeah, and it's almost like it's a dystopia. Maybe, but uh, I think when I remember reading the book, and I think that some people were supposed to be like into it, as far as like yeah, like the people I, in I read power. It, yeah, I read it, but even even in the show, even the people in power are not happy about what's going on. But um, my overarching thing that's really frustrating me. With this show, I will keep watching it, Mm -hmm. is that I cannot foresee a world where the logistics of what have gone down is possible. There was a man with a machine gun every 20 feet, and I don't know how you get that kind of workforce. I do not, like, it's just like, you know, it would take years and years of these people, like, recruiting and working. Anyway, I think that's what's supposed to be, but it's, you know, it's a horrible thing that's been depicted, right? Anyway, I'm interested to see what they do with the show because they're blasting through the book. Yeah. And have you watched it? No, I watched 
half of the first episode and I found it so upsetting and too too real. It does an amazing job of conveying that feeling. Yeah. It absolutely nails it. So I don't does Ellen find it hard to watch as a woman? I think so, yeah. I I I think anyone would find it hard to watch. And I think that the the way that the show builds frustration in you is a very well done and there's a lot of times where it's like just kill like just kill this person. Mm -hmm. Like like I know you'll get shot murder this like like that's I the, think the you rage need, you yeah feel. and mm. i just you know it's it's so hard to watch without them like i don't know moving on right yeah and uh really like we're six episodes in i think and nothing has happened in so far like things have happened of course right. but it's status quo has been maintained mm. which is frustrating no rumbling and i think that's what they're maybe uh, like someday when reproductive rights are no longer under attack and things are a little less chaotic in the world i'll be able to watch it maybe who knows i think <laughs> when uh, it feels a little more distant well i i think it depends what happens in later seasons because yeah. i don't think the book will add anyway well I'll, I'll get back to you on that okay i also watched a little movie called high rise okay how was that um have you read high rise or seen it no um so it is another dystopian future uh well novel first and now movie and uh it depicts this British high rise where these people live and slowly but surely the power goes out and there's lots of food and people don't like to leave for various reasons and uh it just becomes about uh I don't know they just like literally start murdering each other and fighting because the lower floors are mad at the upper floors and vice versa. When did this come out? Uh I think it came out in 2017 or 2015, mm-hmm. but the book came out in 1970 Oh, okay. Anyway, uh Tom Hiddleston mm-hmm. plays the main character. It's so weird. Like it's just yeah. so strange, but it's also kind of like the movie opens with him like in his apartment as in a suit that's been like torn and ripped and he's got like all these ho- handmade weapons and he's got like a horrible beard and he's covered in mud and blood and he finds this dog that he pets for a minute and then it cuts to him eating the dog. <laughs> that is so dark. And, uh, it's just, oh man, it is. Whew. And I've also watched, just under the wire here, uh, the first half of Bohemian Rhapsody and I do not know if it, I will finish it because it is exactly what I thought it would yep, be. But sure and is. like not... Like, I could have imagined this exact movie yeah. without skipping a beat. Honestly, Jerry, you probably could have imagined it better. I I don't know. There's some things where I'm like, really? This is all the time you're spending on this? I know. And it's just like... Have you got to God. Mike Myers yet? Yeah. And I like, I thought his performance was fine. Like, it was, I was fine, but it's just... Like, like just make, don't understand. Make him do something. Yeah. You know, like... It's nothing. Oh, God. Anyway. Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> Hilarious. You confused me, so... All Hilarious. right, Sonia. That's all the time we have. Uh-huh. I'd like to give a shout-out to the Garys for the use of our theme song, Manituna, my co-host, Sonia, everyone here at CJTR, and to our listeners. Spoiler alert is broadcast live Wednesdays at 6 p.m., rebroadcast Friday mornings at 9, and is available on a po- as a podcast on CJTR's website. We're on Twitter at SpoilerAlertYQR and Instagram at SpoilerAlertCJTR. My Electric, coming up next. Bye. See you next week.